Hello everybody, welcome back to Farscape Rewatch Season 2, Episode 22. It's the season finale! Woo! We made it all the way through to Episode 22 to the end of the season. And of course it's me, Kamwa Hatsan, joining me is Red Nightmare. Are you really who you say you are? Yes, it's fine, it's just me here, Red. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> don't even worry about it. Maybe a little, maybe worry a little bit about it. <laughs> I'm always worried. That's fair. So yeah, let's let's have a quick recap. Actually, we don't have at the beginning of this episode. There isn't actually a previously on Farscape. No, because it's I, it's not part of a three part episode or whatever. So. No, but it it naturally flows from the last episode. Yeah, it does. But uh, the last episode, of course, was Liars, Guns, and Money Plan B uh, when they assault the Shadow Depository, uh, trying to get Crichton back, mm -hmm. and they do eventually get him back. But Crichton is losing his mind, and the end of the last episode was really heavy. Yes. Yeah, we definitely had some discussion about that, and that was mm -hmm. a hell of a way to end that episode. And like I said, like the in the tradition of like TV season finales, I could have seen the last episode, apart from that ending scene, I was like, oh, you know, the big explosive finale. Yeah. But this is actually the finale, and it's not necessarily big and explosive but it is very heavy still i think i like this more as see uh end of yes. the season. yeah and so let's get into it and we'll get into why that is so yeah like you said it follows on from the end of the last episode because we open up with zan and rigel and zan is in the middle of uh one of the burned parts of moya mm -hmm. and is you know just weeping and looking around in despair she's, st she's still very distraught yeah, and uh, Rigel comes in and says they're dividing up the riches they got from the Shadow Depository and, you know, we've brought this for you to choose from. And, <laughs> and she grabs him by what I can only assume is the Mivonks. Uh, yeah, probably. Because <laughs> <laughs> <She's like, laughs> she's actually really mad at him about being so trite and like, yes, no, fine. You're, you're rich now, huh? That's the only thing that matters? Yeah, but so at what cost? Moya burned. Yeah, she's, like you said, very uh, angry about this. And now, uh, right. Like, go of me! Well, says, let go, you blue bitch! <laughs> and then um, she, she does let him go, and he actually explains that what they're going to do is. Uh, actually, Talon and Crace have found a surgeon or a healer that they can go to who may be able to repair Moya. And they're taking a little bit of the money they. Uh, stole and dividing it up and then the rest is going to be used to pay for surgery for Moya Yeah. and Zan apologizes and says I'm sorry I misjudged you Rigel and I like Rigel's retort yes that's come, becoming your career isn't it <laughs> yeah I do like that that you know Rigel is an asshole. yes but underneath it all he is still kind of there is still some good in him somewhere definitely in there buried down very deep down <laughs> somewhere in the dusty recesses of his mind there is like a tiny glimmer of hope really wondering what it's doing there <laughs> how did it get in there it's like, yeah no but it... oh, damn it i took a left turn i should have gone right <laughs> but yeah so they're going to try and repair moya and yeah that's good we want moya to be okay so 
the next scene, actually continuing on with the heavy themes, we yeah. actually, we go to Crichton pacing about in uh, one of the rooms in Moya. There's a mirror on the wall. Yes, and, and through the mirror, Scorpius is talking to him. I guess Harvey. Yeah, I, it's funny because he called him Harvey really in Won't Get Fooled Again. And, you know, to make things easier when we talk about it, it's easier to talk about it as Harvey. Yeah. So that we don't get mixed up. But most of the time, actually, he's like, screw you, Scorpy. And... Yeah, he's, he's calling him Scorpius again. Yeah. Um, but he is, you know, he is visibly distraught, frustrated, and, you know, losing his sanity. He sees Scorpius in the mirror and is like, screw you, Scorpius, punches the mirror. The mirror shatters, but, you know, it stays there. It's like this effect where the mirror breaks away, but there's still a mirror behind it with Scorpius in yeah. it. So he punches it again. And he keeps doing that, like, repeatedly pummeling on it, like, yelling. And I think he says at one point, screw you. And uh, mirror Scorpius says, the reverse is more likely. <laughs> yes. Because John is convinced he's still in control. Yeah. And, of course, you know, the reverse meaning, no, you're screwed. (laughs) (laughs) Aaron walks in and is like, look, John, calm down. There's no one here. You've hurt yourself. There's no Scorpius. There is no mirror. I need you to face reality as it is. She's, again, she's very upset about this because Crichton is, he's losing his sanity. He can't really function at the moment. No. He's, He's still, like, very manic and just like, no, I need out of my head and I need to and like she grabs him and starts talking to him and says she's like he put the chip in your head you know that Scorpius put a chip in your head you know he's not really here and John's like hmm yeah no no I have to go punch the punch the mirror again and as he's looking at the quote unquote mirror again we've seen that he's actually broken the mirror the first punch yeah and it's like I need you to face your fears with courage with strength I think strength Yeah. yeah face your fears with strength and Scorpius in the mirror says, I know it's crazy, John, that she can't see us. <laughs> and then, what I think something really cool and creepy happens at the oh, same this, time. This is, this is really cool, yeah. Because yeah. Aaron asks him, do you see now? And John, John says, yes, I see now. There's only me. And as he says that, his face shifts, like uh, special effects shifts, into basically John... Yep. Made up as Scorpius wearing yep. his costume. Yeah. I ben think... Browder. <laughs> how Ben Browder would have looked if he had been playing Scorpius. Yeah, but I mean, they, still... do, they do actually put him in the makeup. Like, yeah. That's... His skin is a little less pale, but that's about the only thing that's missing. Well, apparently, for that makeup, uh, they, uh, the initial test that they did of it was too much like Scorpius. So much so that nobody could tell the difference. <laughs> so I imagine like they made his skin a little less pale, so you could kind of tell a little easier that. It I'm looked. not surprised they did that. It looks it it oh man like it's right it's very close up because it's a uh, extreme close up of well of John's face. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah then it like fades into like Scorpius John and he's like oh oh okay it's like it's this. like there's only me. He says there's no Scorpius here. Only me. And he actually starts very subtly talking yes. a little bit like Scorpius as well. I love that so much because it's not just the makeup. Ben Browder plays, is, is playing Scorpius now. He's yeah. playing that role and he oh, plays it God. great. Yeah. So from the looks of things, the neural clone, Harvey, is now in control. Yeah, this is, I mean, he doesn't physically shift. That's just an no, image that's... that we see as the viewers 
to indicate to us who's <laughs> the in control. The magic of television. Yes. Aaron does not still sees John. No, that would be weird. Um, and of course, then we cut to titles because there's there's your hook of like, oh, yeah. oh, Harvey's taking control. So we come back from titles and we're in the uh, burned parts of Moya and mm-hmm. you've got Tiana and Aaron and I believe uh, Dargo as well. Yeah. And they're talking with the surgeon that they found. So they've they've made it to the uh, planet that they were headed to. What's the race of the surgeon? <sighs> okay, so <laughs> I want to preface this by saying that this doesn't really come up in the episode. No, uh, I think apart the name like, mentioned like once or once. twice. So it's not a huge deal, but it's called a diagnosis. Like it, yeah, okay. <laughs> this is from the same series that had the planet of lawyers called Litigara. So. <laughs> Like, I, I still think that was stupider. Yeah, no, that was definitely stupider. <laughs> Only because we probably had to hear it more often. But yeah. um, you've got the doctor, whose name is uh, Tokot, and the doctor's assistant, called Grunchk, <laughs> whose, name, whose name nobody can get right. No, everybody mispronounces it. People have been hanging around with John too much. But yeah, let's actually just talk very quickly about the... The doctor and oh, his assistant. So, so, the doctor is a is a, another Jim Henson creation. Oh yeah. It's somebody. It is a an actor in a full body suit, mm-hmm. and uh, it's sort of pale, hairless, with a large head, and sort of eyes out to the side, and is wearing a red clothes and like a, this almost, arm, almost armor like. Yeah, and there's this mask that comes down over its face with little. Uh, rectangles that go over the eyes of like glasses or magnifying lens mm-hmm. and it speaks actually in this high-pitched warbling voice like yeah yeah which is actually apparently the uh, performer's own voice because they were going to like re-record some dialogue but actually the let me actually make sure i get this right uh fiona gentle who was uh, the puppeteer behind the diagnosis actually did uh, the vocal performance on set because sometimes they'll do that so they have something to react to and then they may dub mm-hmm. it over later but they actually didn't they were like they just uh, asked her to repeat it for the final performance of the episode so yes yeah. it works really well yeah so you have this weird kind of high-pitched voice and it's sort of looking around in dialogue nobody can understand apart from his assistant uh who is or green tick or guns guns <laughs> like or whatever you want to call him who's a vaguely sebation looking person but with like pale yellow skin long like yellowy hair like warts and pustules and looks generally very gross and is a bit overweight yeah. do you yeah. know do you know who that is witness me oh no yes. seriously it's immortan joe holy shit <laughs> yeah witness holy shit <laughs> yep <laughs> I had not expect. I did not think that was who. Yeah. Wow. That, that's Hugh uh, Keysburn. He's an Australian actor, and of course, he played Morton Joe in Mad Max Fury Road. And you know, I thought it was incredibly British, but that's, I can't tell my accents apart. Apparently. Oh no, that's the accent. That's totally the accent he does for this character. Oh, uh, okay, good. He does like the oh well, you know, mate, I can't do that for you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the dodgy car salesman sort of thing. But oh, yeah. it's Morton Joe, and like. If he had the mask, it like it would look like important. Oh yeah, he's got the, the same hair, hair, hair and works. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're in Australia, so it's no surprise that um, we're coming across like Mad Max actors. <laughs> so, so basically, what you're saying is that Immortan Joe is actually an alien who came from space. I mean, yes, headcanon accepted. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they're talking about how they're going to repair Moya, and it says, oh, it looks good. We can get some paste, absorb it through the skin, and, you know, give them some rest, and they'll be okay. Of course, Aaron says, well, how much will it cost? And this is when we get, like, the dodgy car salesman oh, yeah. dealer bit. It's like, 12,000 crackmas, space credits, whatever. Yeah. That's outrageous. And he says, well, you know, if the service is rendered, actually, you know, oh, and he, he goes over to talk he, to Tokyo. He pretends like the doctor calls him over. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure, like, he, he's using the fact he can own, only he can understand him. is like... Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, I'm sorry, he's very greedy, you know, species trait. He wants 15,000. <laughs> like, this bullshit, you're driving up the price yourself. And then Chiana actually asks why the diagnosis and why the doctor wears the mask over his face, which is like segmented armor. The eyes are to the side of this mask, so they can... That the diagnosis can still see. So what Grunschlich says is that actually he's very sensitive to uh, disease, and uh, he opens up the the one of the face panels, and mm -hmm. there's like a nose underneath. It looks like kind of like a bat nose. Yeah. And uh, he says you know, just the tiniest little bit of parasite or like germs or whatever. If we were to get in his nose and mouth at the same time, we'd kill him. <laughs> like that he says this while he's poking his fingers almost in the nose of the doctor and like and then actually the doctor we know where those hands have been you gross bastard and then the doctor actually sneezes and because yeah. of the high-pitched voice it's kind of adorable it is <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> so aaron and dargo yeah they don't really trust them because you know he's driving the price up and everything mm -hmm. so. and aaron's gonna check on their funds yep then we go and see um Crichton is walking through the corridors the first thing like he comes around the corridor kind of looking around Kind of very coldly, and he's walking along and like Scorpius, like Scorpius, and he sees Rigel. Rigel actually says, "Ah, Crichton, a word," and he says in like Scorpius type, "It's like not now, Rigel." And um, he's like, "No, come on, it's good for me, good for you." Then it like flips to Scorpius John, uh huh, like not just the close up, like a full the whole costume, a whole costume, yeah. And actually, what I like is that it kind of goes back and forth because it talks like he talks like Scorpius when we see him as normal John. But then in this scene, when it goes to, like, Scorpius John, he actually talks like normal John. He's like, <laughs> not now, Rigel. Whap. <laughs> Basically shoves a gem in Rigel's throat. And then walks off. So then we see Dargo and Jothy talking to each other. Yep. And Dargo is saying that, well, you know, this guy's a surgeon. He can uh, reattach your tankers, you know, their tentacles. And the nose plate and everything. Yeah, and Jothy's like, I don't want to do that and he's like i can't believe you why don't you want to do that as a luxon and, and then jothy says look i'm half luxon i'm half luxon and there were times that i didn't even want to be that and this prompts dargo to realize that jothy actually mutilated himself called it yep well done and he you know cut off his own chin tentacles and pieces to try and fit in and dargo is shocked by this and he says you hate me that much and jothy's response is quite telling because he's looking up at Dargo and a little bit teary and he's like, it's okay, it doesn't hurt anymore. He doesn't correct Dargo. No. So, yeah. I figured that was why his tentacles were cut, because that's the, I guess the harshest reason yeah. for it to be. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. as a writer, you kind of have to go there. Well, I mean, it's at the point with Farscape now that we know that if they, if they have two ways to do something and one of them is harsher and more emotionally devastating, then they will probably do yeah, that yeah. one. And that's, so, and it's a correct choice, I feel. Yeah. <laughs> Given a whimsical choice or a harsh character-defining I mean, choice, you 
you take choice two? I mean, it depends what kind of show they're going for, but definitely That's Fast. Fair. But this is definitely what Fastgate wants to do. Yeah. So, but then Joffy uh, walks off uh, from Dargo and Chiana comes around behind him and says, Hey, Dargo. And he just snaps. He's like, What? <laughs> what I do like what? is that when he realizes what he just is, like, Chiana, I'm sorry. It's just, I haven't had much time to talk to you, and there's, with Joffy around, is sorry and he walks off yeah he immediately catches himself so yeah all is not well between him and joffy and we shall see where that goes and then we go to see gronchuk and zan and stark and they're now trying to haggle he's raised the price again he's like well service is rendered time spent you know twenty thousand I like that Stark says, wait, just a moment ago you said it was 17. And, and Stark does what you apparently shouldn't do with Gunslick and says, I'll pay 18,000 and I'll send more. Gunslick just picks him up and is like, I hate to have to negotiate this way, but it cuts through so much of the, uh, the crap. It's not negotiation, it's freaking extortion. <laughs> it's aggressive negotiations. <laughs> <laughs> Except they don't have lightsabers, but you know. What? <laughs> Let me guess, next he's got to continue diplomacy with other means. Yeah, <laughs> why not? So, yeah, basically he's holding Stark up and Zan says, put him down, Grunsik, we'll pay the money. Yeah, <laughs> we'll find 20,000. Yeah. It looks like they may end up getting less than they had hoped. But, you know, they've got to repair Moya. And the other thing that they're going to try and do is actually get the uh, neurochip out of John's head. Apparently uh, that's the bonus. So, uh, speaking of Crichton and the neurochip... Oh, yeah. Now we go to uh, see Crichton, who's in uh, one of the neural clusters inside Moya, and he's reconfiguring a comm, because Pilot actually is like, I'm reconfiguring thing out of side of his control. Naren goes like, John, what, what are, you are you doing? doing? And uh, he says, it's fine, I'm just doing this, I want to eavesdrop on Crace, because I just still don't trust him. If you're worried about the Scorpius in my head, don't. He's under house arrest. And Aaron tries to, he says... John, you know, stop what you're doing. This, you're in no condition, you know, to do this. Yeah, and he says, well, as long as I'm working or I sing, he leaves me alone. <laughs> what does he say? He sings 1812 Overture, I think. Yeah, I think it is. Dun, 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 dun. This is when Aaron says, you know, after we've healed Moya, the diagnosis is going to take a look at you. Yeah, and they get all cute. This is actually really nice, really quite emotional. And she says, you know, I want to remind you of a word that you brought to this ship which was hope. Mm-hmm. They get up very close together. He says, I'd be lost without you. And she says, then you'll never be lost. Like, this, yeah. is, this is great stuff. Great dialogue. Yeah. He says, you've worked your way into my heart, John says. Mm. And she says, you've shown me that I have one. Yeah. And, you know, this is great. This is great bits of dialogue. And then they both say, I love you. And then Scorpius Crichton slams her into a wall. Yeah, because during this scene, we've already seen several times where it shifts to scorpius Crichton saying this and i'm yeah. like oh no oh, oh this is real cute and real creepy at the same time it's like God. oh yeah he says i love you and then wham i i also like how he, how he says you formed your aim into my heart and I'm like yeah she's his anchor Yep. Harvey needs her gone. <laughs> yeah, very much so. And he whacks her head against the wall, and he then says, You are so my girl. Yeah, and then licks her face. Yeah, he, just like Scorpius would do, like, he just licks up the nose. Ugh. Ugh, it's really oh. creepy. And Yes. That's no good. So, yeah, Harvey is fully in control now, and um, then we cut to a scene of Crace on aboard Talon, actually. 
he's he's talking to Talon, saying like, "No, we can't blackmail Aaron. If she's to join us, it has okay. to be of her own volition." Yes, and when she does, we will tell her. We'll tell her the truth and like, wait, what? What is going oh, on sorry. here? Excuse me, what? Where? How? I, when? There, there's. I didn't realize they came back with a plot coupon. I <laughs> didn't know what was going on there. But before we can get any more detail on that, Talon is detecting a signal, and Cray says, "Play it loud. We need to hear what. What is it?" And it's a special pulse code known only to peacekeeper captains and above. Mm-hmm. Because actually, at this point there, we're back on why everyone's walking through. It's like, what is that signal? We need to stop it. And Pilot tells them. They're like, okay, we need to go find Crichton and stop him. And, and Dario sa- says to Jothi, like, no, you stay here. Yeah, it's, it's dangerous. Jothi's like, what? Yeah. Stay here! It's like, it's too dangerous. Jothi's like kind of laughing past, like, come on! And he's like, yeah. no! Stay! Put. I agree with Jothi. Crichton is not that dangerous. I mean, you think so, but we shall see. So Jothi actually does, you know, ignores Dargo, because of course he does. It's like father, like son. Yeah. He ignores him, goes down to find Crichton in the neural cluster. At this point, we just see him, like, fully in Scorpius gear, like, mm-hmm. for, I think, this whole scene. And you need to stop what you're doing. He says, uh, you really should have brought a pulse rifle. Because Jothi then goes to flick his tongue out at him. Which apparently he has inherited from his father. Nice. Crichton easily dodges it, grabs it, pulls him in and punches him out. Yeah. And says like, like father, like son. But then from the other side of the room, Dargo's tongue flicks out and hits Crichton. And I like Dargo just partly. I'm like, who are you kidding, Dargo? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's ex- You two are exactly alike. You just got lucky with a distraction. Yeah. Oh, so, okay, they've managed to stop uh, Scorpius Crichton, but it seems like he got some kind of signal out. You know, peacekeeper signal. I wonder who that could be for. I mean, Broca, I guess? Yeah. And then we actually get to go down to the planet that they're orbiting. And we see an establishing shot of this sort of icy landscape uh, with cliffs. And there's a structure in the middle and like a little valley. Mm -hmm. That is clearly where they're headed down to. So they go down there and uh, we go in to see the uh, doctor's lab. John's basically strapped to a table. There's, like, mist curling around the floor. I guess it's supposed to be very cold. Grunchlick and the Doctor are down there, along with Stark, uh, who's got, like, a big fur coat on. Mm -hmm. And Crace has actually come down there as well. He enters through uh, the door and says the diagnosis is going to see what he can do and Crace tells John you know there's no permanent damage all that all that you hurt was Aaron and uh, Jothi's pride because Crichton is now kind of lucid he seems to be himself yeah I think it might be something in the room that's suppressing the uh... or at the very least he got knocked out you know w- wakes yeah. back up as himself and he's kind of like don't come too close I could turn at any moment so then we're going to have a look at Crichton's brain because yeah. it's time to... We're going to have a look, see what the Doctor can do. So uh, it actually takes the mask off now because there's a big, there's green light filling the room. Yeah, and that it, apparently sterilizes everything. Yeah. So it takes the mask off, and then we see, like, the full face, and it is very, like I said earlier, it's very bat-like mm-hmm. uh, with, like, the scrunched-up nose and the pale skin and, like, small eyes. And so John's strapped in, and they do some stuff... I'm not quite sure how this works exactly, but they open up his head. I think it just makes his head both transparent and also intangible. So yeah. basically, it removes the top of his head. It makes it like it's not there. Yeah, and we see what the neurochip has been doing to John's brain. Which and is creepy and so cool. It's terrifying. It's, so there is 
black webbing covering all of Crichton's brain. Yeah, and it's not, and it's actually moving across his brain. Yeah. Crawling slowly. You know what it reminded me of, actually, was like a twisted version of uh, Neural Lace from the Culture series of books. It's like it grows inside the brain and like touches every little bit of it. Yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess that's fair. It just reminded me of that, but it's, yeah, it's creepy and like moving over his head and mm-hmm. uh, the Doctor is looking around at it and then talks to uh, Grunschlick and says, Oh, the doctor, doctor doesn't often say this. He can't do anything. He can't remove that without killing the patient. And John's reaction to this, still like strapped down to the table, is just he starts laughing. Yeah. And then the scene cuts away. It's like, so, oh, of course. Of course he oh, can't take it out without My killing luck. me. Yeah. Why can't we have nice things? <laughs> uh, so uh, they're going to see what they can do, but we've also got to take care of Moya, so they've got to go sort that out. And then we go and cut back to uh, Moya with uh, Dargo, who's going to help Stark numb Moya. They're going to apply some anesthetic. Yeah. And they've got, like, tubes of, like, gas that they're pouring out, and <laughs> it's making them dopey. Before they do that, Gianna tries to walk up to Dargo. It's like, look, Dargo, are you doing okay? And Dargo's in, under a lot of pressure, because he says, like, look, I've waited so long to find Jothi, and it's like, I'm not busy, and uh, what, what's so important? Well, I'm trying to sustain a relationship here. Don't you think I'm not? Yeah. It, it, again, he angrily answers, and then he again catches himself and says, mm. look, I'm sorry, it's just, he's, he's really torn between the two for some reason. Well, I mean, I think when it comes to Jothi, like, he doesn't know what to do, you know, he's, it's not, it's not easy for him. He can't just yeah. pick up where he left off, because it's been what, like 10 cycles, I think they said? Yeah. And so, you know, he's trying to be a father, but, you know, Jothi is a rebellious teenager, you know? And he's got a lot more of Dargo's personality in him. Yeah, so, probably more than Dargo would have liked. Uh, yeah, so it's not an easy job, uh, but Dargo doesn't want to abandon him again. You know, he's very confused about what to do. He's conflicted, he's butting heads with Jothi, while at the same time having to deal with, you know, Crichton is losing his mind. He's trying to have this relationship with Chiana, and mm-hmm. Moya is, but it's like, it's a whole thing. You know, he's under a lot of stress right now. Yeah. You know, I like that he's able to catch himself and he's like, I'm sorry for snapping at you. There's all this going on. Mm-hmm. So, back down on the planet, Crichton is now up, uh, having uh, had his head reattached. <laughs> his head reattached. <laughs> I, I guess so. But he's actually, he's restrained. He's got handcuffs on, you know. In yeah, case and he... leg braces. Uh, it's like, you're not going anywhere. Yeah, which is the sensible thing to do. What is actually going on is Aaron and Crichton are standing around in another area of the Doctor's uh, place, and there's cubicles. Uh, pods. Pods, yes, pods. Probably a better word for them. Yeah, and um, they're looking at them. They sort of stretch down. We get like a map painting shot of it stretching down this icy cave. And their bodies that are being stored, what they're actually for is organ donors, really. Yes. But they're stored like a micro, just a second like before they these people die. So they're technically alive, but also technically kind of dead. As Zan says, she's actually appalled by this because it's uh, against the natural order. And, and she's like, these people are still alive. Which, which Grunslick's like, that's a technicality. It's like, well, they freeze them a moment before death. It's like, they're going to die anyway, so yeah. we might as well the get moment, some use out of them. You know? The moment you take them out of cryostasis, they die. Yeah. By the way, throughout pretty much every scene Grunslick is in, he's eating a uh, space croissant. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to bring that up because like, he's always just like eating. I was like, well, you know, this thing. <laughs> I, like, it's, it's like classic kind of 
a little bit of a stock character, but it's pretty good. If it works, it works. Yeah. But actually what Aaron and Crichton are talking about is that um, she's, you know, standing off and is, of course, upset. And But Crichton says, you know, did I say anything to you to piss you off? Yeah, did, did I do anything other than bash her skull in? And she's like, are you serious? You don't remember? Like, you know, that was Scorpius Crichton who was talking to her in the neural cluster with, you know, I love you and all that stuff. So seems like John doesn't actually remember that. No. But before they can talk any more about it, you know, they get interrupted by Zan Grunschlik, uh, who's he says, in amongst all those bodies that they've got, he reckons he's found a match. Yeah, and John's like, w- wait, what? You have a human? Well, it's, you know, bipedal, small head, organs on the inside. <laughs> so I mean, it's, you could be describing a sebation, I guess. That's what I thought. Okay. It's like, it's sebation looks... Anyway, they're like, you know, it's close enough. We got a couple of them. And John's actually like, is this possible? Could could they have been on Earth? And, and you're like, like, who are you looking at right now, Aaron? <laughs> what does she look like, John? <laughs> Looks like a human. What I love most about this is like, could they have been on Earth? I'm like, yes, they were tiny gray men. They also yeah. took some cows. Yeah, they're probably in here, but not really a, relate- a, a relatable donor. What I like is he asks this to Aaron. He's like, what do you think she's gonna know? No, nobody's heard of Earth. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, says. Okay, well, there's a possible donor, so it is looking light, slightly more possible that the they may be able to take the uh, neurochip out and have John not die. Yeah, I, I was a bit confused because the doctor had said, I can't take it out without you dying, and I'm like, well, we found a donor. Wait, how, how, how did these two connect? I'm assuming you already knew you might have a donor. Well, it's like if you assume that there's no other spare parts... It would need to take something out that would have to be replaced. I, I guess that's fair. And they're like, okay, no, we found some match, so we might be able to replace something so that you don't die. Yeah, okay. So, back again up to Moya. It's Dargo and Stark now playing the anesthetic, getting really dopey. Because <laughs> it's just um, coming out of, like, tubes and so. Like, I can't move my tongue anymore. Say that to Fan. Oh, that was a bunch you. <laughs> it's kind of just a little bit of a silly scene in amongst mm. everything. And then we go to Pilot's Den, and you've got actually Chiana and Jothy both sitting up on the console, while Pilot is <laughs> Pilot is feeling the effects of the anesthetic as well. Yeah, because I like that Jothy and uh, Chiana are actually talking to each other, because they're the two people Dargo cares the most about, and I like that yeah. they're getting to know each other a bit better. Because Jothy says, like, yeah, my dad wants to grow berries and... Yeah, make want, wine and settle down. He wants I just a got farm, my, yeah. Yeah, I just got my fe- freedom back after 10 years. Hell no. I don't want to live on a farm. Also, you know, this isn't out of nowhere. Way back in season one, remember when, uh, what was oh, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's Friday again, Yeah. you find out that Dargo secretly wants to, you know, settle down and run a farm. Yeah, I was like, that's, that's, <laughs> hey. that sounds like what Dargo really wants to do. But it's definitely not what Jothy nor Chiana want to do. No, because they're both very independent spirits. They want, yeah. they want to be out there. And I like Jothy says, I think he wants to live loudly. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I guess Dargo wanted to settle down with just, you know, himself and you. You know, she doesn't think that she's in that picture. No. And Pilot is like, oh, no, it's I, uh, you as well. Yeah. Yeah. A, ooh, DRDs. And he, like, pushes then, the button. I like that Chiana says, Pilot, you're high. I'm not high. <laughs> My, My elevation is fixed. <laughs> I'm no higher than I have been before. <laughs> it's great. 
Because he's being affected by the anesthetic as well. Yeah. <laughs> but he actually plays a thing that uh, apparently Dargo used the DRDs to record himself, you know, practicing talking to Gianna. And because Pilot is high, he thinks it's a good idea to play this to them. Yeah. <laughs> and we see a hologram of Dargo very nervously kind of saying to Chiana, basically like, I want to settle down, I want you to be there, and would you consent to be my wife? He's yeah. practicing proposing to Chiana, and like, he says that, and then he's like, whew, okay, whew, okay. alright, got that out. Yeah. <laughs> and then the hologram, like, turns off, and it's like, Chiana looking kind of shocked, like, oh, oh dear, oh wow. And, you know, similar to Joffy, she doesn't want to settle down. She doesn't explicitly state that. No, but we've but heard... knowing Gianna, no. So, next scene is uh, Rigel and Grunstick in the uh, canteen. And <laughs> Grunstick has just a big bowl of some miscellaneous slop. Oh, he looks so gross. He's always eating. I think he's eating in almost every scene that he's in. Yeah. And uh, Aaron comes in and says, yeah, how long will it be before we can start Crichton's surgery? He says, like... We are about eight hundred because he's like we want to su supervise the healing of Moya first, and then we fix your friend. Yeah, and then she actually says, you know, "What are you two up to?" It's like, oh, nothing. I just like higher thoughts. If we need any any simple thinking, we'll call. <laughs> oh wow, Rigel! So you know, Aaron uh, goes to leave, and uh, then Does, Rigel... doesn't slam Rigel's head into the uh, into the table, which I, I would have expected. I'm shocked. There. I'm shocked. Yeah, self restraint. <laughs> But uh, so once Aaron is gone, Rigel starts talking to Grunschlick and says, listen, I want passage off Moya because from the sounds of things, Moya won't be able to starburst for a while after this uh, surgery. Yeah. And he starts, you know, sliding small gems across the table to Grunschlick. He's like, oh, that's a very small gem. It could be arranged, but oh, that's a very small stone. He does yeah. it like several more times. He's like, well, I don't know. And he like throws a big one into the slop, which he then like Gunshik then scoops up, puts it in his mouth, and like washes it, it off. Like licks, licks off, and like pops it out. And he's like, oh yeah, that's a big. Oh yes, I think we can uh, can be arranged. I like that in this case, Rigel is looking out for himself, but he's not screwing anyone over. No, he's mostly he, just, no. look, this is the money I took. I'm going to buy my own passage and just going to leave. Not screwing anyone over, just, I got to go. And I think that everyone else would probably be kind of okay with that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, Crichton is now actually back up on Moya, and he's lying down on a bed, and Zan is with him. And he starts talking to her, and he says, there's a possibility I may not make... Th it out of this that I may die from this procedure there's all this stuff I want to say to everybody you know my friends my family I know it's a long shot but he wants to try and get a message to his friends and family yeah because he, he asks San to join with him well, so she, that she can save those memories yeah and so she says well of course I will and you know goes in to grab his head and puts the two heads together psych psych and I was like as she was getting close, I was like, oh, no, no. I mean, we actually no. see Scorpius John earlier in one of these scenes, uh, this scene, as he's talking. It just shifts to yeah. him. Like, oh, no, Zach, come on, you're smarter than this. It's like, oh, no, no. And, like, she goes in, puts her head together with John, and then it's Scorpius John. It's like, ah, 10th level Poe, and says, pity, a 12th level could break this bond. And it just, uh, she starts screaming in pain. Yeah. And he basically blasts her off almost. Yeah, she's just overloading her, and 
whatever it is he's doing, it's causing her an immense amount of pain. Mm-hmm. And uh, like she goes flinging off, and of course Harvey is now back in control again, and is making a break for it. It perfectly fits for Zan. Of course, she her heart would override yeah. her brain in this decision. <laughs> All right, so now we go to uh, Talon again, mm-hmm. and Aaron is actually on Talon with Grace. They're talking about, you know, well, what's going to be our next move? Everyone's, you know, everyone's thinking about their next move. Things like this often do bring about, make people think about where they go next. Because mm-hmm. Crichton could die, and, I mean, she doesn't know it, but we know that Rigel is planning to leave, and that yeah. Dargo wants to settle down. Looks like things may be changing for everybody. Yeah, and Cray says to Aaron, like, you're a strategist. Have you thought about your next move? Well, I have a suggestion. It's like, Talon needs guidance, and he has chosen you. And I agree with that decision. We'd like you to stay aboard. Mm-hmm. Before she gets the chance to answer, Talon says to Crace, Crichton has escaped Moya. He's in his uh, module. Yeah, but right before that, it's almost like Crace is leaning in. I know there's a little bit of a tension between I'm the like, two of excuse them. Excuse me? I mean, we did say that there was a tiny bit beforehand in uh, a couple episodes ago. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting the impression that, especially in this scene, it's mostly Crace, not Aaron. Oh, yeah, like it definitely seems to be. I mean, we know that Talon cares for Aaron as well, but yeah, I don't know, even if that's rubbing off on Grace or whatever, but yeah, it's like, oh God, oh, there's this little thing going on here, and then before it can go anywhere, okay, good, something else has come up. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Crichton has got away. He's actually broadcasting his location to Scorpius. Yes. And must be stopped. And I'm like, hang on, didn't we establish in the last episode that the Neuroclone thought Scorpius was dead? Because John says, the clone blames me for killing Scorpius. I mean, or was that just a means to an end? That could be the case. Getting him to lose his mind, you know, like, start nagging at him, break down his mental defenses, and then take control? Yes. Uh, That might be the case. Yeah. But, so, uh, Crichton does actually tell Eric, like, don't come after me, I'm not in control. And the last word is actually said by Scorpius, John. I'm not in control. All right, so now, now begins the action sequences oh, this of, is so this, good. Uh, of this episode because you've got Scorpius John flying his module. Aaron gets in her prowler to go after him. Mm-hmm. They're flying over the uh, icy planet and as Aaron leaves to go get in her prowler, she does actually turn and say to Crace, like, thank you for your offer and then like gets in and goes after him. Yeah. And Crace tries to get Talon to block the transmission. So yeah, now they're uh, Scorpius Crichton and Aaron are chasing after each other, or she's chasing after him uh, down the planet. She says, you know, if I'm not talking to Crichton, then I address the neurochip, you know, talking to you. At your service. Yeah, it, uh, this whole scene, you've got Crichton in his module cockpit, in the Scorpius get-up and make-up, yeah. and it's, oh god, okay, so Ben Browder does, like, a great, you know, Scorpius. Oh yeah. It's so good. And, like, you're flicking between because they get down, they're flying down there, and she says, like, I'm the superior pilot. It's like, oh, my dear, Crichton was trying to fly in atmosphere against gravity. Welcome to our world. I love that. Because it's like, yes, Aaron, you are the superior combat pilot in zero G. Yeah. So he's going to outmaneuver you down there. And also, you know, he says, like, you won't kill me because if you fire, you'll miss. Aaron's like, oh, don't you underestimate, I will shoot. I believe you'll pull the trigger. I don't believe you'll hit anything. (laughs) Yep. And also on Moya, Zan is in pain, talking to Stark, says, Crichton's gone, his body's filled with a horrific evil, and oh, God. So Dargo is on the comms with Aaron. Crichton said he'd rather die than go to Scorpius. If you get the opportunity, don't hesitate. 
And I like that Aaron asks him, like, why do you think I'd hesitate? And he says, "Is like, well, if our positions were reversed, I would. Uh-huh. And that little bit of showing of, like, Dargo's, like, he was angry with John several episodes ago, but, like, once he's seen what's been happening to him, he seems to have softened. And then, you know, he's still his friend. He's like, yes, I would absolutely hesitate. Yes. And he's not trying to put on a facade of, no, I'm the badass. He's like, no, I would, because he's my friend. Yeah. So... Scorpius, Crichton, and Aaron are flying around, and we do get like uh, shots of their modules flying around, dog fighting almost oh, through the like, ice. Like and... ice, it's like almost a forest of ice pillars that they're dodging and weaving through, and it's so cool. Yeah, it's really great, and you know we've got the close-ups in the cockpits and everything, and all the while they're over the comms to each other, and as Crichton would say, "Woohoo!" Not quite. It's an important way he actually yells because Crichton is from the south. He ah. says like. As Crichton might say, a yeah <laughs> That's you're right, that's yeah! actually right. <laughs> It's just that blending of like Scorpius and Crichton where he's like, you know <laughs> to picking up a little bit of Crichton's mannerisms. Yeah, it's bas- it's basically Scorpius using all the knowledge and skills that John has. Yeah. He actually manages to lose her and so like, you know, he goes through one crevice and she can't follow. It's like, where the frell are you? and comes smashing out through an ice wall over like a frozen uh, landscape. Yeah. And so she's lost him. And we see the module flying above her. So basically, as she flies off onto the ice plane, the module just zooms past the camera, it does a loop, and just goes after her. Yeah, and it's basically hovering above her prowler. Yeah. And she's trying to get through to Christ. Like, the classic thing of, John, if you're in there, you know, you, you've got to stop this, you've got to take control. And... Scorpius Crichton says, you don't realize the extent of your friend's misery. He wants Scorpius to find him. He wants to end his pain. And she's like, I don't believe that. I will never believe that. No, you don't have enough fuel to stay around uh, until Scorpius gets here. He says, well, it depends on how close he is. (laughs) But she says, okay, recognize, even with atmosphere included, I am the superior combat pilot. It's like, darling, no contest. He's yeah. such a smarmy, evil, ah. oh, horrible ugh, person there. Which is great because <laughs> it works really well. And she says, right, well, I am the superior combat pilot. Land or I will be forced to take action. It's like, you really, okay. You really would shoot your friend down. He says, you know the answer, which is great. Yeah. And it's like, I'll comply. Lowering <laughs> landing gear now. And it, uh, as, all this time, Scorpius has had the module slowly creeping up from above and behind the prowler, yeah. slowly getting closer. And I'm, all of this time I'm thinking, wow, prowlers have shit sensors. Yeah, I'm like, how do you not see him anyway? I mean, yes, you can't physically see him, but how the hell do you not see the... the <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway. But so as the audience, we see this and it's like, you want me to land? It's like, yes, you want me to land now? Oh, yeah, I'll land now. <laughs> Puts the landing gear down like, oh, no, and just lowers himself directly onto Aaron's prowl. It's like into the cockpit like, of Aaron. Didn't see you there. Sorry. <laughs> it's like, oh wow. It's like, well, I will comply, you know, exact words. I'll land directly on top of you, but you know yeah. Oops, sorry. <laughs> she says, I'm under attack and Aaron of course has to eject. The prowler explodes. Uh, the ejector seat like flies up into the air, breaking rockets engage and it's coming yeah. down. And over the comms, she signals to up on the ships. It's like, I'm okay, I'm okay. 
And then Scorpius Crichton comes over the comments and says, In deference to the part of Crichton which still cares, we inform you that you do not descend over solid ground, you're descending over a frozen lake. Yeah. So the rockets are going to break that ice, and she's going to go in to the frozen yeah. lake. And, and Grace is like, look, okay, that's going to break the ice. Um, make sure you undo the straps and separate right before you land. That's probably your best shot. Yeah, just like she's trying, but they won't come off. No, it's apparently something that John did with the uh, the landing gear, landing yeah. gear blocked that. And around this time, as everybody is realizing that she might actually not make it, that she's going down with this chair, we see in the cockpit, we see John basically fighting back, flashes between John and Scorpius John sitting there, and he seems to break free. Yeah. We see regular John again, it's like, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. You need to do something. This is John. Is it really? Yes, it is. It's like, you need to get out of there. You need to undo the straps. You've got to get out of there. Like, he's plummeting towards the ice. It's like, my options are out. I can't do it. Like, there's nothing I can do. And, no. I ho- and she says, I hope you meant what you said in the neural cluster. I love this because the, the background noise cuts out. Yeah, it does. It and she says it this. There's still a little bit of music playing over, I think. Yeah, the music is back there. But all the noise of the wind rushing past, that's gone. And he says, I hope you meant what you said in, your, in the neural cluster, because I did. And then everyone else is listening in, and it's like Crichton, even in the module, and she goes down into the ice. Yeah, we see it, the thing lower into the ice. It breaks. She goes down. She can't separate, so she's strapped into this ejector seat mm-hmm. and just goes under the water. We see a shot of her underwater falling through the... It's it's even worse because we can see her splashing and she briefly comes up, still on the chair. It's like, great! Yeah, and then falls down and then we cut to shots of everybody reacting and Crichton with a tear coming down his eye and just saying, "What, what have I done? Yes. And everyone is shocked and horrified because Aaron has crashed through the ice and... I mean, if we weren't sure, the next scene is Aaron's funeral. She should have brought a knife. Yeah. And so we're in the doctor's lab again, you know, out by where all the pods were. And she's lying down in a... In, in one, of, in in one, one of, of them. Yeah. And Zan is performing the funeral. She's giving rites and saying, you know, may the goddess receive her and all of this stuff. And it's very somber. Everybody's paying their respects. Crichton is there. It seems like he took control back for good. Mm-hmm. Or for now, at least. But he's still restrained, of course. And Dargo gives her his... Like, they're paying their respects, everybody is. And Dargo yeah, gives her a quarter blade. Rigel goes over and says, You're more worthy of this than I am. Gives her his medallion. Which is, I think, that signifies him as Dominar. Yeah, something like that. Zan finishes her prayer. And Crichton says to Dargo, it's like, give me your knife. And Dargo correctly is hesitant about this. Also, like, everybody is incredibly emotional. Dargo is crying heavily he is yeah. weeping Chiana and uh, Jothi are standing in the back lightly holding hands Crichton just it seems to be in shock mm-hmm. it's interesting Like, I, it makes sense because we know Dargo feels emotion very heavily but he's the one who's most visibly uh, crying and weeping you know yeah. um, upset and he does reluctantly give Crichton the knife and, and I'm he... like could you have cut it for him you idiot yeah, but whatever he's gonna do with that, can you do it for him? But he's okay, you know. He's not actually under the neural clone's control. But he goes in and he leans into Aaron and says, "I'm so sorry. I love you." 
cuts off a bit of her hair and then steps back. And all during all this funeral, I'm thinking what we always say: never assume someone someone's dead until you see the body. Well, here's the body. Uh, yeah. Oh boy, <laughs> you know this is the kind of stuff that happens in big moments in the season finale, right? Um, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm always impressed when series do this. It's like, well, sometimes character has to go. A price has to be paid. Like yeah. You said. Did you know what's odd is I was watching this and I was like, oh, this must be near the end. Oh no, there's still some Ooh, more no. stuff to happen. Yeah, it's like five to ten minutes to go. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about what happens next because it's now time to try and take the. Neurochip out of Crichton's head. Yes. He's tra- strapped into the uh, operating table again, and the diagnosis actually says to Crichton, "Is like you're not responsible. This isn't your fault. No. It's the chip is touching all parts of you. It was in control. Not your John fault." John says it was. Yeah, but here's the deal. And Gronsch ex- explains that because we don't have uh, a pattern for your brain, we need to keep you awake. And what we're going to do is we're going to cut tendrils to remove the chip. But you have to tell the doctor what those bits do. <laughs> yeah. Because you need to guide us through which parts are yours and which parts are basically Scorpius's. Fun fact, that does kind of happen with actual brain surgery. Yeah. Because they're... they keep people awake. You know, they give them a bunch of anesthetic, uh, local anesthetic, so they don't feel cutting the head open. But when they're going through with wires or so on, they're like, okay, you know, we need you to count backwards from 10. And if you stop being able to talk, they're like, okay, that's too far. We'll bring that back yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, that's because brains are so complex and there's so many differences between different brains. That's pretty much like, okay, we need some form of feedback. Who's yeah. the only person in this room who can provide feedback? <laughs> the patient. So, yeah. We start with the operation. I like that Grunzlik asks, do you want your friends here? No. Where are you going to be, Grunzlik? I'm going to leave. I always vomit at the messy part. (laughs) Yeah, Crichton just doesn't want to see anybody, so they begin the procedure. Mm -hmm. Um, We actually cut to Krace at this point, uh, who's on Talon, very upset. God, he's crying. He is, and... Saying, I, yes, Talon, I, I too, I would have liked to have shown Aaron the information that we got from this chip that he's holding in his hand. Mm-hmm. He said it would have made her the happiest soul among us. So, yeah, I'm like, wow. One, what the hell are we, do you have there? And two, is that the chip that she took while they were getting out of the Gamak base that they used to get out? Maybe. I, it's not clear. Like, it could be anything. It could just be something he found. Who knows? We don't know. No, we have no idea. We're actually cutting, you know, around to everybody who is mm-hmm. um, mourning. Also, I should say, actually, the music in this episode has been pretty on point because so good. because there's this somber music. When we had the funeral earlier, we actually had some uh, choral stuff of like some. It's, it's actually one one person. Singing. Oh, sorry. Yes. Okay. One, almost an opera. Yeah, and it's like, and it's it's beautiful and like totally appropriate to the yeah. scene. And the this, the chase scene has a very. It's not very complex, but it's very. Effective. Yeah, very energetic. And they're flying around. And again, like here, it's like, you know, understated and just everybody's mourning. And we see Pilot and Zan. And uh, Stark says, you know, everybody's. It sounds like everybody's moving on. Um, What are you going to do? And Zan, of course, says that, you know, she's concerned for Pilot and Moya. Yeah, because she's taken the role as protector. Yeah, so she's going to stay here on Moya. And Stark actually says, you know, if you would let me, I would be honored to spend the future with you here. The future with you. Oh, yeah, the future with you. And I'm like, are they 
Is that a marriage proposal? I don't think so. <laughs> but she's like, yes, of course, you know. So it looks like Zan and Stark will at least be staying together. Yeah, those those two have been growing at Bond at least. Yeah. So after we've, you know, cut around to those few scenes, we go back down to uh, John having his brain surgery. And, you know, Tocot is pulling out the uh, different wires, like touching them with a, a device. Says, and what's this one? The first one is a whole bunch of characters oh, yeah. we've seen during this <laughs> series so far. It's like all kinds of monsters, like critters. The next one is American politics. And it's like, lose eh, it. Lose it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> And then uh, next one is, uh, what's this? It's like, Memories of Dogs. And he's like, okay. Every dog I ever had. And he says, like, essential? It's like, no, but like keep it if you can. <laughs> yeah, if we have to cut it, take it out. But I'd rather it, not. It, yeah, I, I'd like you, to remember them. He'd rather have memories of his dogs than American politics. Which, to be fair, if I was given I, the choice, I would choose dogs. I, I would... <laughs> I would drop American politics in a heartbeat. Like a stone. <laughs> I, I, I drop Dutch politics while I'm, while I'm at it. <laughs> I mean, if it's between that and every dog you've ever owned, oh, yeah, easy. dogs, easy, easy, no contest. <laughs> also, mean so you know this is going on, and Grunschlick is talking to Rigel and says, "Well, the ship that you uh, requested will be here shortly." Yeah, and it's services rendered, services paid. It's too bad about Aaron. Uh, Rigel says. Yep, but uh, that's life. And then back to uh, Crichton. And the next memory that they touch with the thing is, uh, it's Aaron. It's, oh, it's all God. of it. It flashes through everything, like through the whole two series, it, it, two it seasons. Sp- you it know. starts at the moment she takes her helmet off. Yeah. And at, just, at the very first episode and just flashes through important scenes and like, Ugh. Oh, yeah. And it's like, keep it. And we don't actually, it's like, keep or not. We don't actually hear his answer. No, it fades away. And I'm like, don't you... Don't dare, oh, you bastard! Relic dare remove that. I know. I don't think he will. Like, he's no. not. But I like that they don't have him say it because it's like that little twist of the night. Yeah, like, hey, yeah. Hey, it's hey. like, oh, oh you bastards. <laughs> anyway, again, you know, cutting back to everybody to see what's going on. Uh, Jothy is getting ready to leave, and he's saying goodbye to Chiana. Yeah, and they're getting very close. The thing is, they've apparently been growing a bond these last past few days. Yeah. But he leans into her, and she leans back. A little bit, but... It, she yeah, pulls it's, away, so I'm like... It's not like a really quick thing of like, oh god, no. It's like, yeah. there's, you know, there's a hot second there where they're both thinking about it. Yeah, and, and there's hesitation from Janet. She doesn't shove him away. She just pulls back while he still moves forward. And then Dargo walks in. And then it's like... And then they, of course, they like break up. And, uh, yeah, before Targo actually sees them. And uh, he says, you know, we should stay close. Stay together. Christ, you two. Really? Uh, yeah, really? yeah. <laughs> like, at least she had the decency of backing away. So I, I blame Jothy a little bit more. I mean, Jothy, we know that they, these two have a lot in common because they're both free-spirited people. Yeah, but still. But yeah, it's a, it's a bit much, yeah. What's important here is that there was a second where she briefly considered cheating on Dargo with his son. And that that's that's messed up, that is. Yes. Ultimately nothing comes of it this episode. But who knows if that'll come up again? I don't know. I imagine they wouldn't just tease that for no reason. Then again they might, they're, they're uh, bastards they, like that. They've dropped things before. This is true. We'll see. Alright, so again we're back down to John having his brain operated on and Tokot actually finds the wormhole memories. Yeah. It's like, oh wormholes. Ah yeah and as soon as they find out, like, John, like, freaks out a little bit. Because he's like, 
Oh, oh, <laughs> I think he's going to keep those. Yeah, I <laughs> think he's... Scorpius off. And, I mean, wormholes may be his only way back home as well. That's also fair. That's probably not wise to, to, to remove. So... It's all he has left now that Eren is gone. Hmm. But, uh, you know, because things haven't gone bad enough this episode. No. Remember that Crichton was sending out a signal earlier? Yeah. Peacekeeper signal? listening. Yeah. We see a bunch of peacekeepers storming the building, led by Lieutenant Bracca. Hey, Bracca! He's back. I'm starting to love that guy. Bracca is great as, like, the, uh, the henchman, arch-henchman kind of guy. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> there's, some, there's something about him that just works. Yeah, and so... They're storming the place, they're looking around, uh, Grunschlick actually hides in a stasis pod. What I love about this is that it's the croissant that, like, he f- that falls on the ground that gives him away. And <laughs> like, like, he was eating it every scene, and it's, and it's his downfall. <laughs> Braca looks up, it's like, nice try, and he's actually got his hands over his eyes, and he like opens and peeks through, he's like, huh, huh, oh. <laughs> I, I like this, interestingly, he says, nice try, Grunschlick. Yeah, so like, evidently... In it, he knows him. Yeah. Hmm, alright, so there's a bunch of peacekeepers on the base, that's no good. Back with John and Tokot, he says that Crichton's speech center is actually very close to the implant. Yeah, it's basically almost right on top of it. So, so if he removes the implant, probably going to have to remove the speech center as well. He says, what, I won't be able to talk? He's like, well, that's alright, there's nobody I really want to talk to anyway. Yeah, and Toko does mention, like, replace. Yeah. At once done, replace. Yeah, so that's what the I assume that's what the donors are for, so they can you yeah. know, restore some of that brain function. So my point is, if that's the thing that they needed the donor for, like that doesn't imply that Crichton's not going to live after this. He's just going to speak gibberish without the donor. I take uh, that. <laughs> I mean, I learned I learned a sign. It's fine. <laughs> so all right, he's taken out all the little fibers, and now it's time to take out the implant. Which it's like, okay, let's do that. Let's get a big drill. Drill up. Like, Freaking huge hole into Crichton's head. It's one of those drills you use to drill like a round hole into something. Yeah, so basically just goes, you just drill around the, the brain section with the implant and, and just, just take that out. And then graft some new stuff on there so you can actually talk. I don't know if that's how it actually works. But Probably not. It's space. Uh, it's, I, it's I'll space accept doc- it in this space case. Space doctoring. Yeah. So he removes the chip and shows it to Crichton, and Crichton kind of is laughing at it. He's like, like I'm not laughing at <laughs> I love that, by the way. How Ben Browder is just talking gibberish. <laughs> uh, so, Tokot is now going to replace the parts of Crichton's brain. Yes. And then... Hello, who's at the door? I love this. I love this so much. Okay, I don't know if you caught this, but they're lying there on the bed. There's all this mist walking, like, curling around the floor because it's very cold. The peacekeepers are all here. Braca is here. So we uh-huh. kind of know who should be showing up. And uh-huh. we see feet, black leather boots with like the tails and the scaly texture walking along humming i don't know did you catch this humming the star spangled banner no yes go back and listen to it he's scorpius is there walking in he's like no 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 yes 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 good to see you again son of a bitch <laughs> he really is yeah he on. really is humming the star spangled banner i love it so much oh god this that works so well yeah because that's what john was singing when he was crawling away from scorpius when mm-hmm. the rod the overheating rod in his head yep. oh my 
Oh, that's so good. Yep. I was. I heard that. I was like, oh, that's perfect. And of course, he's strolling in, and he comes in and says, "Ah, oh, hello. So good to see you again." And Toko beeps something at Scorpius, like, "Oh no, the implant is working just fine when my, you installed it." Yeah, my cooling suit is uh, much. Uh, it's, it's fine. Yeah. It's like, wait, wait a second. This doctor installed that system. Holy shit. Yeah, which explain you know, that's how I guess they know who Grunslick is and they know where... Yeah. And he walks in and, oh god, Scorpius is just standing tall because Crichton is strapped down on the bed, the chip's been removed, and he's like, I'm sorry to uh, disturb the uh, sanctity of your uh, surgery, but, uh, well, you no longer serve a function. And he takes the mask off, because the doctor tried to put it back on, takes the mask off and just breathes all over him. Yeah, and he's like... <gasps> And collapses and also there's a there's a rare showing of emotion from scorpius when he does that he's like you no longer serve a function ah <laughs> like a little it's bit a little bit of glee actually yeah in like holy crap scorpius that's cruel and he says pity you know that knowledge to save anybody but himself and then, like chucks the helmet away and he's like I don't know why, but him chucking the helmet away and it lining off screen is somehow funny. It's kind of funny. And so he then stalks up to uh, Crichton, who still can't talk. <laughs> He's strapped down. He says, ah, oh, so much to say. So little capacity. And he grabs, he takes the little chip in, which is in like a little jar, and looks mm-hmm. up at it. And like, Crichton's like, <laughs> and Scorpius says, ah, don't need a translator microbe for that one, do we? <laughs> I love that line. And he takes the chip and says, well, I hope all this work was worth it. Because he says to Crichton, it's like, you have cost me a lot and I don't suffer disappointment lightly. John Crichton, I condemn you to live. And I love this line, he says, so that your thirst for unfulfilled revenge will consume you. Yes. That is the first time, the very first time, that Scorpius does something that has nothing to do with the mission and is actually counterintuitive. Yes, this is the first time he, he does something. either killed John or taken him with him as backup. Yeah. Because there is no reason to leave him here. This is when he, let, he does something for himself. Yeah, this is grandstanding and arrogance. And typically, Scorpius doesn't do that. No. But, like, from the moment he enters this scene, because he knows... He knows he's got Crichton beaten. Which is interesting, because he could have easily just offed him here, but he's running the risk that John gets back at him. And we've seen, mm, seen that happen. taking him serious, especially with the uh, Shadow Depository. It's like, yeah. don't count yourself lucky until you have him in your fingers. I mean, early on, you know, end of season one, and with the first few things of Scorpius, it was like, we'll get him, it's fine. Now, after everything that's happened... He's taking it personally now. Yeah. And, yeah, there's that relationship between him and Crichton. It, it's become personal. It's not mm-hmm. just business anymore. And like I said, from the moment he enters this scene, because he comes in humming the frickin' Star Spangled Banner, that's gloating. Like, yes. Like, the moment he enters. And typically, Scorpius doesn't gloat. He's just like, I win, you know. It's like, I got what I want, now I move on to the next mission. And, you know, when he kills Tokot by, like, breathing, you no longer serve a purpose. <laughs> yeah, he's having too much fun right now. For yeah. Him. So, I mean, ultimately, I can't help but think, you know, leaving Crichton alive is going to bite you in the ass. Yeah. But as Scorpius walks out, we get a close-up 
upside down with John's face. John's screaming. Because he still can't talk. And it's, it's pure anger. It's very clear that this is pure anger. Yeah, and he's just left there helpless. A to be continued. Yes. That's the end of season two. Yeah. <laughs> I want to I reassure you before we get into talking about anything else that in the background info on this episode, they were pretty sure there was going to be a season three. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> to be fair, just as with the ending of, episode, uh, of season one, season two does it again, I think. It narratively ends. Yes. Like, in fact, a bunch of the scenes involving everybody else is, like, everyone getting ready to move on from something. Yeah, it wraps up. Like, yeah. Zan and Stark, it's clear where they're going, what yep. their mission is going to be. Um, Moya's probably going to be healed, go on. Dargo wants to go to a farm, probably only with Gianna at best, because Jothi seems to be yeah, bugging out. Going his own way. Rigel has got passage off Moya so he can yep. make his way back home. Actually, let's talk about this episode as itself first. Sure. Let's okay, finish yep. the episode and then we'll finish the season. Alright, so yeah. Let's see where we want to rate this episode because this is heavy, this has got little bits of action and intense character moments and yes. all this drama. Where do you want to put it? I, I'm going to be honest, it was, I found it hard in this case. I mean, because of the lengths that they go to and the you know boldness of what they decide to do in this episode, which is namely have the bad guys ostensibly win mm-hmm. and kill off Aaron. You know, I want to give them points for that because at no point, like, killing off Aaron, it doesn't... She's a major character. She's a major character, things. but it doesn't feel like a token thing. It feels... It earned, I guess, is the word? Which is I mean, kind of an odd way to put it, but... Her arc, in many ways, had already ended in season one, so I can see them being like, okay, she's she's an important part of the series, but she's the heart, and it's always more fun to rip out the heart series. <laughs> and I can see this making a lot of people very upset at the time. Oh, yeah. Probably uh, still. Oh, yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, I'm like, what the hell, man? <laughs> but, again, I, I've said this before. What I try and do is, like, what would I change about this episode? Nothing. I don't think I would change the, anything. The thing is, my head says this is a five. For some reason, my heart says this is a four. And I, I can't place why. I'm going to give. I'm gonna go for five because... Yeah, I, me as well. It's, it's such a solid, strong episode. And what a way to end the season. It's a bit disjointed. That might be the thing. It's, it's a, a lot bit... of different threads going it's, at the same time. It's because like we've got everybody trying to move on in their own yeah. way. And it's trying to tackle that. I think, to its credit, it actually does it pretty well. Yeah, like the cruise has never been bigger, I think. Yeah, and actually, it's interesting because... I like the end of season one. I mean, this is much more people's choice, but everyone is moving apart from each other again. Yeah. You know, rather than them all consolidating as a crew and as a family, now they're splitting apart once more. Mm-hmm. It's not the typical ending. It's not like a happy ending kind of thing. No. Not that those are bad, but it does something different and something interesting. And yeah, it's mm-hmm. really good. And of course, we get Scorp- like Ben Browder as Crichton, as Scorpius Crichton. Like, oh, so good. So good. And like I said, these past few, the past three episodes, actually the past four, really, once Crichton starts losing his mind, I mean, we really see how great of an actor Ben Browder is. And I mentioned mm-hmm. this last time. And again, it keeps getting solidified because he's able to portray normal Crichton, Scorpius Crichton, Crichton. Crazy Crichton. Yeah. Speech, speechless Crichton. <laughs> So yeah, I yeah, five out of five, really yeah. strong ending, and again, it's it's keeping you coming back for season three. Oh yeah, we were gonna do that, of course. Okay. Anyway, so let's move on to well, season, I guess. Well, let's talk about season two. 
-hmm. I want to actually bring up something interesting. So David Kemper, who we've mentioned a few times, is screenwriter and executive producer for Farscape. Apparently he knew the final image of the season about halfway through the year of working on Farscape. And he basically worked backwards to make it happen. That's great. So it's like the final image is, you know, John on an operating table with a chip removed and Scorpius standing up. Like, how do we work backwards to get there? (laughs) That's, That's great. Depending on how you write, it's sometimes very important to know what your end is going to be. Yeah, I think in terms of just general writing stuff, it's, you know, you get the big beats, don't worry about trying to get through it, like, bit by bit. You know, you can start at the end, at the middle, wherever wherever you actually know where to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, what was I talking about? Yeah, right, about how things, and again, are narratively closed at this point. Because Dargo's uh, arc through this, which is... Mostly focused on Jothi, although that started like a bit ago. That's pretty much complete now. Mm-hmm. He has mm-hmm. Jothi, he knows what he wants to do with his life. John and Scorpius's arc ends in the f- very final scene because the whole chip in John's head. It's been removed. It, and we yeah. saw in the previous episode that it has the wormhole knowledge. Yeah. So now Scorpius just needs to get it off the chip. And he's got what he needs. Yep, he's got what he wanted all along. He's left Crichton there to live and, mm-hmm. you know, suffer in his unfulfilled revenge. Yeah, like, despite it being a to-be-continued, I think, again, it closes off a lot of things, for, mm. which may, doesn't make it feel unsatisfying as an ending. Yeah, you're not... I mean, you are left wanting more. Of course you are, because yeah, you're like, come on. You, you still feel that the end of this episode was an end yes, to things. Yes, yeah. It didn't feel like you were halfway through a two-part episode. Yeah. You're like, okay, this wraps up the season, and it leaves you a hook for season three, mm-hmm. but it doesn't compromise, you know, its status as a season finale. Um, okay, anything else you thought about this season? Uh, I mean, I've, we've talked about, like, the consistency of quality and how in the first half it wasn't very consistent. No. Uh, a couple of standouts like The Way We Weren't, which was a phenomenal episode. Still the best one. I I, I would probably anything. say, yeah, this past like few episodes have been really good, but I think Way We Weren't is still, yeah, my favorite, yeah. yeah. Still my favorite episode of the series. Uh, I mean, there's still two seasons to go and a movie, but we'll that see. might end up being my favorite after all. I mean, there's probably some strong stuff to come. But, oh, yeah. Um, oh, no. But, like, the second half of the season, it just ramps up and just keeps that consistent quality of really good episodes mm-hmm. and uh, especially in the three part leading into this and then this you know the finale yeah very strong there's now, one something about the last three episodes though there's something that really bugged me and that's the whole is scorpius dead or not every time <laughs> like they did that a few times yeah like at um, the end of the first episode is he dead or not and then it's not so much that they do that but it's that then there's no in no way of reveal that he's, oh, he's still alive. He just walks into scene like nothing ever happened in the last episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... It, and it happens again at the end of the third episode and the start of this one. It's like, he just walks in like, like nothing epi- happened. It's not yeah. a reveal. I, yeah, I, typically, like, you get the biggest impact. If you do that, they, they think he's dead. And then several episodes later, or, like, you know, half a season later, he comes back. And, like, spoilers, I wasn't dead the whole time. I mean, it's even just, if you do it the next episode... Make it a thing. A big that deal. Still alive. Yeah. Like yeah. even if it's just how you operate the camera, how you frame it, <laughs> and even then, look it back up in the second episode of the trilogy. He just walks around a corner. <laughs> nothing else. Uh, uh, nothing else. Yeah, they do leave it ambiguous every time. Yeah. Oh, but... by the way, he's not dead. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm glad because we Scorpius is a fantastic villain. But yeah, yeah but you're, if you're going to pretend yeah. he's dead, at least make it a little bit of a big deal. G- when he give it some impact dead. when we find yeah. out he's not. Yeah, I get that. That that does make sense. And the fact they pulled that twice in, in very short, very quick succession. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> All right. So I remember you talked to me a little bit ago about trying to figure out what the theme of this season was. Yes. So I'm not very good at discerning these kind of things. What did you get? What was the theme? I'm not entirely sure. I don't think it's as strongly stated as Family was in the first uh, season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but I got an inkling. I think it was about episode three or four, and I kept an eye on it. This might be my bias, my tunnel vision on that, <laughs> and not being able to discern another theme. But I think the theme <laughs> of this one is loss. Yeah, no, that adds up. The first episode doesn't really have it. I mean, they lose talent again, but it's... It doesn't feel that strong. Fetus Mortis. Yeah. Darker loses a lover. Yeah, taking and the stone. Oh, that's, that's Chiana dealing with in the, loss. the loss of her brother. Yep. Yeah. Crackers don't matter. Um, loss of your mind. Loss of sanity. Everybody's mind. <laughs> that's, actually, that's actually a sub-theme. The mind is something that keeps oh, coming yeah. back. You don't say. <laughs> um, <laughs> Weird, huh? The way, now, the way we weren't... It, loss of innocence for mm. both of them. Mm. Oh, especially Pilot's backstory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both Aaron and Pilot lose some of their innocence in that episode. I also had Home on the Remains in this list. I couldn't find anything about loss no. in picture, if you will. Home on the Remains. Well, something I mean, Chiana loses one of her old friends, remember? Yeah. It's a, it's, 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 it's a little it's, bit there. It's not it's, quite... It's very light. That one's survival, really. Yeah, probably. Dream a Little Dream. That's dealing with the loss of Crichton and Aaron and Dargo, and then out of their minds. That's not really about... (laughs) That's a body switch episode. (laughs) Loss of a body? (laughs) No, you're right. It's it's probably not not Uh, that strong. My Three Crichtons, I don't think, is that strong in that theme. No, there's brief... I mean, actually, hang on. There's a little bit with uh, loss of empathy. A little yeah, bit a little bit. It's, I think it's vague. It's not that yeah, centered not to that the story. Strong. And then we have a look at the princess. That's loss of hope. Loss of John hope, yeah. gets broken down in that episode. It's like... Yeah, he really does. And, and he, loses, he loses a daughter. Yeah, right at the end. Beware of dog. I don't think there's... <laughs> Loss of a pet. <laughs> because the sniffer... I can't remember the yeah, thing's the name. The sniffer dog. Fork, yeah dies at the end and like that's true maybe a little bit okay won't get fooled again loss of sanity that's where yeah, that oh really yeah. starts oh yeah. kicking in <laughs> that was definitely sanity and then we have uh the locket it's, uh, uh loss of time yeah loss of life a little bit ugly truth um i couldn't find anything not really one. clockwork nabari loss again, of self. that's also dealing with loss because chiana has to face the fact that actually uh neri is still alive yeah, it, it ties back to that. It's also yeah. that a few of the crew are mind-cleansed, and they lose a bit of themselves. Lose themselves, yeah. And then we've got Liars, Guns, and Money. That's where the whole thing about John going insane yeah, kicks in again. Really so loss of, he's losing his mind through those insanity. three episodes. And a few old enemies lose their life. but Yeah, and, you know, they get... Actually, like, they get something, and they have it ripped away from them. So they get the, they get the money in the first episode. Then in the second... In, well, in part one. Then in part two... Turns out the money is alive, so the wealth gets taken from them again. Yeah, so they lose the money. <laughs> and then plan B, and that's when Crichton's sanity really just goes away entirely. Yeah, and die me dichotomy. Again, the loss of self, the loss of mind, and the loss of a friend. The loss of Aaron, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think that works pretty well, like the theme of loss. Like I said, I don't feel it as strongly as no, I did for the first season. No. I feel I'm reaching more often than not in this. Mm. 
I have a feeling there's something below the the surface I haven't sussed out yet. Maybe I'll figure that out in the two weeks we're away. But well, I think, like you said, the the theme of season one is family, right? So yeah, with dramas and TV stories, it's like a constantly happy family is not really interesting. No. And so what you do is you build them up and you knock them down. Yeah, and I guess that's what this was. That's what season two was. It was like, okay, everybody's kind of gelled together. They're a crew. They're a family at the end of season one. And then throughout season two, let's break them down again. Yeah. Although it's simultaneously building their characters, but also like messing with that relationship that they have as crewmates and friends. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we get build on Crichton and Aaron's relationship. And then at the end, it's like, Aaron gets taken away from him mm-hmm. and so does his and like he says like he doesn't want to talk to anybody he John has lost pretty much everything yeah even at the end when he supposedly got what he wanted by having the chip removed he's still lost everything because Aaron has died and his friends are all moving on and you know that, and then Scorpius comes in and really like takes everything from him so oh yeah, every uh, episode. You know, I wrote down a note for this, for the end of season two. It's like, Farscape, where the good guys are assholes, and sometimes the bad guys win. <laughs> I thought that was going to be, where the good guys are sometimes assholes, and the bad guys as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's what I like. It's like, the good guys are not wholly good guys. We saw this through, no. this, uh, through these, well, really these past two seasons, but more so in this one. Like, there's dark sides to everybody they do some nasty things to survive john is probably the purest of them and even that i a, don't think he... so i really don't remember when he a few episodes ago when he like forced a guy to stop rehab just so that they could attack a shadow uh, depository. Fair. yeah you're fair you're right <laughs> like he's not like, that's what i mean like they're not all good people and even zan you know she's an anarchist underneath everything. she's worked hard to come combat all of that it's like they're not nice people all the time and then at the end at the end of the season right the end of the season which is typically where it's like all right big finish and we get there and we win the bad guys win yep like scorpius gets exactly what he wanted he gets the neurochip out of john's head john is helpless on the table and scorpius just walks off and it's like the bad guys won Mm -hmm. (laughs) and now i want to see where they go in season three okay cool Let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. And I can't believe it. Like, we're already, I mean, technically a little under halfway through because we still have, we have Peacekeeper Wars afterwards, but we're at the end of season two out of four. Like, two episodes into three and we'll be, ha- well, halfway through or something. Yeah, something like that. Uh, so, oh. yeah, thank you everyone who's been tuning in for all of this so far and listening and supporting this podcast and Mm -hmm. we will be taking our customary uh, two-week break which means there won't be an episode for two weeks yeah so So, there won't be an episode next week and the week after that so actually after that will be back in three weeks time there'll be a new episode that was confusing to some people last time (laughs) so i'm specifically stating how many episodes there was confusing to me last time as well (laughs) (laughs) i wasn't sure what i was doing um but uh, so yeah three weeks time there'll be a new episode and that'll be the start of appropriately season three now i remember i told you that die me dichotomy is technically part one of two yeah what's the name of the first one well the first episode of season three part which is part two is called season of death oh great oh oh that's that bodes well for season three do we want a little bit of synopsis no we'll leave people in suspense is that would be way too much of a tease for yeah it really would be i don't want to do that to anyone including myself all right yeah uh so yeah we'll be back in three weeks time for uh season three episode one season of death 
and we hope you'll join us then and again thank you to everybody for listening uh that was season two of farscape and once it got going once it really started going that was really good that was yeah the, the latter half of the season was good the first half was okay with a f- yeah, okay. with yeah was okay let's be honest with a few exceptions like yes. the way we weren't it didn't have Jeremiah Crichton, so no. I'm okay with no, that. No, like, the worst episode, I think, of season two, not, not to, like, harp on really bad things, was probably Taking the Stone, I think. Yeah, probably. And even that turned out to be right on the money, theme-wise. Yeah, so, overall, it's, I think it was an improvement on season one. I love where, I like where everybody's gone, and hopefully if it just keeps improving, then season three should be really good. Yes! Oh, man, all right. We'll see you for that. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. You know where to find us in the meantime on social media, on Twitter, at Carmel Hats and at Vidalkin in Tree. Yep. And the Carmel Hats Patreon supports this podcast, which is patreon.com forward slash Carmel Hats. And for everything that I'm up to, you can go to carmelhats.co.uk. So we'll see you in three weeks' time for season three. And until then, have a good few weeks. Goodbye for now. Goodbye. Bye. Oh, oh god, man, another season. I think I'm gonna sleep for like three weeks. Oh, don't worry, I have the perfect solution for that. Okay, what, so what we need you to do is just get in this pod. Okay, it's yeah. Cryogenic pod, I'll get in the other one. Cryogenic pod? No, no. no it's fine, it's fine, just... There we go, and we'll lock you in there, and then I'll get in this one. And then uh, in three weeks' time, we'll get out and do the podcast. Hats, if we're in here, who's gonna let us out? I hadn't thought of that.